if I had more money, I could have done it so much easier. But we had to like pull stuff out of our, you know what, to try to make it a good and awesome result for the money that we were given and also meet the needs of the homeowners and give the show something to show. Is getting on HGTV even worth it? We're going to find out. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your interior design business? Then welcome to Wingnut Social, the podcast specifically designed to accelerate your business through increased social media presence, impactful online content, and translating industry experience into physical success. This is your design business tightly fastened. Now welcome the hosts of Wingnut Social, Darla Powell and Natalie Graff. Hey there, and welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I'm your host, the Grand High Poobah of all things Wingnut, Darla Jethro Powell, and I am joined by the official ginger turkey. Ah, Natalie and Giraffe. Natalie and Giraffe, aka the nag, or the soulless ginger, if you will, if perhaps for some religious reason you do not celebrate Thanksgiving. Oh, that works. (laughs) That works. Natalie, what a full day we've had. Oh my gosh, guys, you would not believe where we just came from. So there's this community here in the Keys where we live in Miami, just for the uninitiated. And just south of us is this little bubble of incredibly multi-millionaire residences called Ocean Reef. And we just met with a prospective client out there and holy, that is a tremendous thing. I swear to you, while we were leaving after our appointment, a private jet came in and landed just parallel to us on a runway. And I was like, oh my gosh. And what did I say, Nat? I wonder why that jet doesn't hit the house. What if a jet's going to hit the house? Maybe (laughs) a jet could hit the house. I could never live here because jets could actually hit the house. What if an accident happened? What if that jet was going in for a landing and hit one of those multi-million dollar mansions? I mean, granted, it's a big space, but it'd be a lot of fire. It's just one runway. I would, I would, I'm too paranoid. I couldn't live there. And not because I don't have millions and millions of dollars. Oh, there's that. (laughs) I would just say, no, I'm sorry, darlings. No, I I just can't. I cannot risk a jet explosion. So sorry. I'm so sorry. Natalie, tomorrow's a pretty big day for us. And by us, I mean you and me. Both oh, I know. I'm roped into this this time. Darn it. That's what you get for being on a podcast. I know. I had no choice. Tomorrow, we're doing a live podcast. We're recorded live at the Dakota, which is the Fort Lauderdale, Miami fall market. It's kind of like our little local high point market, if you will, but in a smaller scale. <laughs> Dakota's actually quite a bit smaller, so my feet shouldn't hurt wearing shoes. And we're only there for one day, and I think this we'll be sitting for most of it because we are doing, like I said, we're recording a live interview there for on biophilic design at 2 p.m. on November 7th. And I am not going to bore you with the URL. Just please hit up the show notes for that link, or you can also go to Darla Powell Interiors on Instagram and hit up my link in bio, and all the information will be there. So we hope to see you. It should be a great event. It's not just us. There's a whole bunch of cool stuff <laughs> going down, which I think you guys are really enjoying. Again, it's not as overwhelming as High Point. It's just one day. Yeah, how, one hard, day. how hard can it be? It's not. But afterwards, we have to do one thing. Drink whiskey? Well, that's a given. Okay. There's something else? We need a vacation. Oh, yeah. We do need a vacation. It's really important to schedule downtime, Natalie, or so I hear. I've yet I to know. Do Everybody it. keeps telling us if you guys don't schedule downtime, you're going to burn out. Is you- that that true? Okay, well, here's a true fact. Since I retired from the police department uh, after 18 and a half years, I have not had a vacation. Are you sure about that? I'm absolutely positive. Nothing more than a three-day excursion. Oh, well, define vacation. 
at least two weeks without my head buried in the phone and not worried about work. Two weeks? Yes. You will never survive being gone away from your dogs for two weeks. That's true. I am a home You buddy. are a home buddy. I get a home buddy. Buddy. <laughs> I'm your buddy, here, buddy and this is our home. Um, I do get homesick really quickly. That's because I'm a Taurus. That's part of being a Taurus. That's yeah. Taurus listening out there. You know what I'm talking about, right? You, can I get a yes? Can I get an amen? Yes. We like home and hearth. We don't. We like traveling, but we get homesick. And well, we like it's food. A, it's a good thing when we go to New York that we're only going to be gone five days. Yeah. See, that's five days. It's like hit them and quit them. And then you come back. I want something lengthy where I can just really let my mind just turn into jelly. And then when I come back, I'm like, yeah, let's, let's go. Let's go conquer the world, which I'm that way anyway, but even more so. Natalie, mm-hmm. you know today's guest. I do. Brenda Thompson of House Lift Design. I've heard about her. I reckon you're familiar. A little bit. So Brenda is going to be on the HGTVs, as your family would say. <laughs> oh, now let's make fun of me. <laughs> Why don't you just read her bio? <laughs> All right. Let me tell you guys a little bit more about Brenda Thompson before we dig into her HGTV journey and see if it's even worth doing, because I hear it's a whole hell of a lot of work. Brenda Thompson is the owner and lead designer of Houselift Design. She has called Metro Atlanta home for the majority of her life and spent the first 20 years of her career in corporate America and consulting with small businesses. Her love of warm and inviting spaces is evident in the spaces she creates for her clients. Coming soon, she will be a featured designer on HGTV and highlighted as a leading designer in Atlanta for Architectural Digest magazine. Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Brenda Thompson to the Wingnut Social Podcast. Hey there, Brenda Thompson. Welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. How the hell are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing awesome. I know you're doing awesome because you are going to be on HGTV. Oh. We can't wait to see it. Wait, I was more excited about the IT guy and help fixed our audio. Oh, that yeah. was exciting. Well, I get excited about him too because I'm married to him. <laughs> oh, that's a bonus, yeah, right? That's a bonus. Not only does he fix your audio, but hey, now. Hey, yeah, just <laughs> he fixes everything. Mm, uh, you said it, not me. It's fair. It's fair. <laughs> so, all is fair. All is fair in love and audio. Yeah. So, Brenda, we were telling the wingnuts a little bit about your background, but one of the main reasons, of course, not only are you a beautiful designer, your work is stunning, your Instagram page is flawless, but you caught my attention because you said that you were having a. HGTV show come out in November. And I know that you are a carbon-based life form. You're a human woman and you put your pants on one leg at a time, as do most of our listeners, although there could be some men in the audience as well. They still put their pants on one leg at a time, <laughs> one time leg Darla. At a time. So this could be them, right? So we want you to share your journey with on how you were able to snag an HGTV gig. Was it worth it? A little bit behind the scenes. And if there's anyone out there in the audience that's listening, how the hell that they can go about doing that themselves? Oh, and I did want to ask you, while you were doing the HGTV show, and we'll go in a little bit more about which and what it is, did you get to meet Abby McCollum? I didn't get to meet Abby, but I met her, I think, the same place you did. I was at the Designer Influencers Conference, and that was my first introduction to her. I didn't meet her personally. But yeah, I know who she is, and I did hear her on your podcast, and she's deep in it. She is deep in it. Yeah, she's neat. She's the vice president of HGTV in charge of uh, social media and marketing and some of the programming recommendations and stuff there, too, if you guys missed that. She's got that serious job, that big girl job. She's delightful. I just okay. So when you when you were at the Design Influencers Conference, 
aka the Duke. Did you network with her? Did it have anything at all to do with this before we move forward? Oh, I wish I could say that I had a lot to do with it, my work potentially, but I didn't seek this out. It actually came to me and I actually didn't believe it at first. Um, I was like, what is this? <laughs> this can't be real. So basically what happened is I was um, last January, I was minding my own business, getting over the holiday hump, wondering if I'm going to have to close shop because all the business went away during December. That's a joke. That's normal kind of historical context. But I was like getting back in the zone. We were starting a bunch of projects. I was feeling like, okay, we're ready to take on this year. And I received an email from a production company that I had never heard of. I'm not in TV land. And I almost kind of just brushed it off. You know, we all get emails and every day something trying to sell you something or say there's something. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but... No, they do. Okay. So I actually forwarded it to my husband, also my audio guy. And I said, Hey, I'm in the middle of something. Can you just like check this out and see if this company is actually real? I don't know. They're talking about a show on HGTV. If I'm interested, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I'm on with my day. And so he texted me back. Actually, he was upstairs at the time. And he said, yeah, I, I think it's real. I think this is a production company for HGTV. Write them back and see what they say. So this was like mid-January. And so I wrote them back. And at that point, I still was kind of like, whatever. I don't know. I'm busy. But I wrote them back. And, you know, I got my to-do list, guys. And so I got a response immediately. And I said, hey, I'm interested in learning more about it. It said it would be for a kitchen renovation in a local smaller town on the other side of town. She wrote me back. She said, yes, we'd like to talk to you. It's about a kitchen renovation. The homeowners saw your work. We saw your work. We want to talk to you. And I thought, oh, shoot. Like, I guess this is real. So the homeowner brought you to their attention? I think it was a two-pronged approach. So the homeowners applied for the show and the show is called um, House Hunters Renovation. So they applied for the show and so they were already accepted and they knew that as a part of the show, there would be a kitchen renovation involved and that the show brings in designers. That's normally kind of how the show is set up. So the producers had found my work online. I actually had just finished a big kitchen. So I don't know if it had something to do with social media and the timing was right. I kind of think it was. And they happened to see me online. They checked out my website. So I don't actually know if it was just the homeowners or a combination of the two where the show might have said, hey, here's a couple of designers. We saw their work. What do you think? I'm not exactly sure. That was never really cleared up for me. But the homeowners did tell me, hey, we saw your work were interested. And the show said, yes, we saw your work, we're interested. So I would like to say that it has something to do with social media, because I had just blasted out a big kitchen that I had finished that was awesome. Or at least I think on so. Instagram, yeah, on Instagram, on Instagram and Facebook, but social media, and then my website, but it was kind of out there. That's how they found me. So I'm minding my own business. And I get the email. And then I realize, oh, crap, I think this is legit. And then I will tell you from that point, two days later, I'm looking at my notes. <laughs> two days later, I was signing a contract. Like it was not a joke. It was immediate. Okay. okay we so got wait. lots of questions. Lots okay, of questions okay. here. 
Time all out. right. So first of all, I have to tell you that Natalie and I also got an email like that and we had the exact same reaction. Okay. We were like, it was a producer who does shows for a Bravo, who does HGTV. We went through that whole thing. The only difference is we didn't get no damn show. What the <laughs> heck? He said they're eating his lunch. Oh, yeah. He ate his lunch while we interviewed while with him. While we interviewed us. So did you have to do the video interview ahead of time first? I did not. Oh, okay. Wait. Okay. Now. Okay. I just hated your face, Natalie. I told you. No, it was probably you. So here's the thing I want to know. You know how as designers, we always ask our clients. You're not a designer. Excuse me. She's married to one. She might as well be. There I am. (laughs) Ha. Thank you, Brenda. You're my favorite. So because I'm married to the uh, decorator, itchy, itchy decorator in the room. Why itchy? Do I have a rash? You might because I could call you the B word because that's what you're being. So. We always ask our clients, so listen, how did you hear about us? How did you find out about us? Why didn't you ask HGTV? Say, hey, how did Why didn't you, you ask who? HGTV. <laughs> That's a lot of like, you know. I should have. You should have asked them. Call them back right now. Yeah, call we'll, them and ask we'll them. We'll wait. We'll wait. There's so many numbers, guys. There's so many producers. That's a part of my story. Like the amount of people that are involved in producing a show is insane. And they all have the title producer. And so I basically had to make a spreadsheet and figure out, okay, now I'm talking to this producer and this producer. So um, it's so involved. That's basically, it really opened my eyes to how complicated TV land is. And behind the scene, it is, I, I haven't really thought about TV. I haven't, I'm not an inspiring actor, but there's so much involved and there's so many hands in the pot. And it is, it's a lot. It's a lot. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about that because we've had Brittany Simon on the show who was on HGTV's Design Star and she said, you know, so much smoke and mirrors, what they do behind the scenes to make it all come together. So what was your your deadline and your timeline like? Because you're doing a kitchen. Did, did you have to do like a kitchen in three days like she had to do? Or <laughs> HGTV is an hour. <laughs> it was intense. So basically, I signed in mid-January, two days after I initially started talking to them. So I was reading through the contract, which is a contract involved for this particular show, which is House Hunters Renovation. The designer is responsible for bringing in all of the tradespeople. So the contractor, all the people that are going to work on the job. That was one of the first questions they asked me is they said, do you have people you work with who would be interested in doing this show? And I thought, Yes, I have people I work with. B, I don't know. I guess I have to ask them. So I, the first call I made after my husband was like, okay, it's legit. You know, let's figure this out. Figure out if you want to do it. Ask all the questions, which I did. Lots of emails. And I read every word of the contract. And I called my contractor who is on vacation in the Caribbean. And I said, hey, sorry to bother you, but I'm not doing this show unless you do it with me because I trust you. We work well together. We're going to have a tight deadline and a low budget, so to speak. And he was like, wait, what? I was like, yep, but I need a decision like right now. Here's what I know. What do you think? And he was like, let me make a call. Let me check with his partner. And so he did. And they decided, okay, they like me enough to trust me. Just like, you know, I said, if we're doing it, we're doing it together. And so he said, yes, I signed the contract two days later And then they said, oh, hey, we're already behind schedule in TV land. I'm calling it that. And I was like, wait, what? And they said, so in essentially 10 days, we need you to have full design plans done. And we need all the samples in hand. And you need to do it for this budget. 
I would die. Did you just open a bottle of wine and quit? Pretty much. <laughs> I said, I am no stranger to hard work. Like I, I love working hard and that sort of thing. But I was like, oh crap, wait, I'm actually running a business here. So just got over the holiday hump and we're gearing up and I want to make sure I can, you know, handle my normal clients properly. And so I started to panic, but I was like, I'm going to make this happen. So there were lots of late nights. There were lots of favors called in from my different vendors, like my cabinet person and oh my gosh, first of all, they're going to have a tight timeline. Let's pick a cabinet line that we can actually turn around quickly that we're not going to have issues with because their deadline is their deadline period. The end, they have to finish producing it within a certain amount of time. Wow. Okay. And how did you, but how did you actually take your normal clients and say, Hey, wait a minute, let me modify this a little bit. What'd you have to do with your schedule? I actually handled things pretty well without modifying how I normally work with clients. I did let go of some new business and said, hey, I just can't take this on until this show finishes because it's somewhat unpredictable based on camera days and scheduling. You know, it's there's a lot of people that they have to schedule for shoot days. So the camera people and all the different producers that are local and then the producers that are in LA that we would have video conference calls with to talk about what we're going to do the next shoot day and that sort of thing. So there's so many moving parts and lots of people involved in every day that's on camera. And so I actually turned away some additional work to account for the time that I didn't even know how much time it was going to be, but I tried to do it that way. So I managed the work that I had in house and I did communicate with those clients. Hey, just a heads up. I'm going to try and give you the best service possible, which is what we love to do. But this is what's going on. And they were all very understanding. And so on this business that you turned away, do you feel that it impacted you at all? Or did they sit patiently waiting in the wings? Yeah. And was it because that's a big decision. You're like, um, HGTV, which I'm going to ask you the money question. Money in the Benjamin, Benjamin's in the bank. Because I know that that probably didn't pay a whole hell of a lot, maybe not as much as a client from other stories that I've heard of, of celebrities that right, have been that on true. these shows. Okay, right? So that had to have been quite a decision because you just said December was a little bit on the slow side. You're picking up some new new pipeline stuff and you're like, hey, new pipeline, guaranteed money in the bank. I'm going to go and film an episode for HGTV for little to nothing. Yeah. What was that decision process there? So I'm a creative person, obviously, but I'm also an analytical. So I had to analyze it to death. And my poor husband, he's just taking it all in. And, you know, he's very grounded. And so I always go to him for advice. And and so basically what we came to was, I said, I feel like this is one of those opportunities. And I use that word specifically, that I can't decide later that, well, now's the right time for me to do it and that it will happen. And I said, so I feel like I'd like to do it. I'm excited. This is awesome. This is going to be difficult. This is going to be time consuming. This is going to potentially be expensive. Basically, I looked at it as a marketing expense. Is this something that I'm willing to do? I need to say time out. Define expensive. I, I wasn't exactly sure. So there's a very specific contract for the show and they did pay a small fee but there were lots of requirements of me. I had insurance requirements for insurance that I didn't already have. It was thousands of dollars that I had to have in place before our first shoot day. It was the commitment to the homeowner that I would basically 
be the person that they go to if there are any issues with their renovation for two years. And that's fine. I mean, I already am available to my clients after renovation. It's not like I just do it and run away and they can't. Right. That's normal. That's reasonable. Yeah. So that's normal, but I'm not the contractor and the contractor who did the work is they're my favorite people. And that's why I was like, I'm not doing this without you. They didn't sign a contract with the show. I did. Uh, Oh, so you're on the hook even for the contractor's work. Yes. So the only person that signed a contract with the show, as far as my side of things, it was myself. And so I had to really think through, which is why I decided after I read through the contract, I'm not doing this unless I'm bringing my trusted people who do excellent work, who do things on time, who I can depend on because otherwise I'm not, it's not worth it to me. Um, So luckily they said yes. And we all had a great time and it was viewed as a marketing expense to me. So while I would tell you that I was like a net zero as far as dollars at the end of it, I wasn't in regards to my time and the time that I gave away quote, unpaid, giving away other jobs and my assistant and different things like that. So let me ask you, Brenda, now the client that you're doing the kitchen for, for the show, they are a client. So they are, are they still hiring you as a designer? Is there still a contract between you and the client in that way? They're paying you for this kitchen? That was kind of one of my things like, how is this going to work? Because obviously the show is having me sign this contract for them, but then there's this homeowner and they're real people. So one of the things was, are they really, is it a really a real couple. And in this case, and like, is this real? Is it their real kitchen? All of that is true. This was a real home that they purchased a real kitchen renovation, just like any other regular client. They had never done a renovation before. But anyway, I actually was not employed, but I was hired by the show and the homeowners were cast or accepted by the show to be the homeowners. So the show was our boss, essentially. Even the clients. Yeah. So while it was my job to make the homeowner happy, ultimately, the final decision was the show, not the homeowner. What I will tell you is my goal, just as a designer, anyway, I want the homeowner to be happy. I want the homeowner to get what they want. But the ultimate boss was the show. And in the case of of this show, this episode, the homeowner was thrilled and the show and the producers were thrilled. So it wasn't a case where the producers were just like, we want you to do something funky and we don't care what the homeowner, it wasn't like that at all. So they really did care about what the homeowners wanted and they wanted to, and I'm saying spin a story, but it was real. Like, it'll be interesting when I see the episode, but there were real conflicts between the client, between the homeowners that they tried to play into for the show to represent that. But they were real. They were real. They just wanted to highlight them so that there was some content there. Hey there, Wingnuts. Do you love doing your own social media, but just don't have a sound strategy in place? Are you just throwing images at the wall hoping they stick to your ideal client? Well then, Natalie and I are super excited to tell you about our Wingnut Social Strategy Package. One of our expert social media wingnuts will help you discover your goals, analyze your current performance, build your customized social marketing plan, and coach you on the implementation. It's a tremendous value, and you can find out more by going to wingnutsocial.com slash services or by giving us a call 
at 1-877-WINGNUT. Again, that's wingnutsocial.com slash services or 1-877-WINGNUT. Now, back to the show. That's such an interesting dynamic that you pointed out that not only did you have to sign a contract, they had to sign a contract and then they just kind of marry marionettes <laughs> for the show. But I'm glad to hear that they were happy and the kitchen turned out great. I, I'm guessing you can't show it until the show airs. Is that correct or not? I can't even show the before photos like I'm sitting on them like Ugh, ready to go. <laughs> not literally, right? No, not literally. But it turned out amazing. So I'll say the other thing. So the other constraints with this particular show, and I keep saying that because I don't know if other shows are different. I don't know how they set things up. But with this show, they said, okay, here's your maximum budget. And then we want you to have a meeting with the homeowners and for them to tell you everything that they want for this kitchen. So the maximum budget, who's pays for that? In this particular case, the show paid for their kitchen. Whoa. Ooh, that's yeah. what I was getting at because my next question was, what was your budget from the client? Because Are you allowed to say? in the normal design world, it's, hey, what's it's your budget? It's a billion dollars. Yep. I don't actually know if I'm allowed to tell the budget, so I'm not going to say it. But No, no, that's okay. Was it enough to do what you thought needed to be done? We had to be creative. I will say that. <laughs> So when you go back to the 10 days that I had to put the designs together, if I had more money, I could have done it so much easier, but we had to like pull stuff out of our, you know what, to try to make it a good and awesome result for the money that we were given and also meet the needs of the homeowners and give the show something to show. So With the constraints that we were given, I'm super proud of what we did with what we were given. I did pull some favors. I will say because we're talking (laughs) to designers, there was no markup involved, nothing. That was strictly in the contract. But I will tell you, there was no room for markup anyway. It didn't even matter if they didn't say that. There is no room. Well, the markup is this, and this is one thing I wanted to ask you too, because when we first met, which was what, about four or five months ago, I want to say, you had, you already had on your Instagram handle, you had the HGTV logo and the show, the show we're hoping is going to come out. When, when should this air? So I still don't have an air date. The network kind of determines that it at their own whim. The best I can tell, it's going to be mid-November at the earliest. So what's posted on Google at this point is they have episodes posted, which are not mine through November 9th. So I think that I could be potentially the next weekend. I do know that it will be 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on a Saturday. They don't tell you? No, they don't. I mean, they are going to tell me in advance, but it could literally be one day. There's another designer in Atlanta who did the show this season and she had one day's notice. So, Oh, wow. Are you going to have a watch so how party? are you going to have a yes, party one day in advance? I know. So I have awesome friends and they're kind of on standby and we're going to do a watch party and it will be fun. We'll all have to do like extra Starbucks going in. I can't do the wine because I'll fall asleep, but you know, we're going to need a little extra coffee. You're going to have to do a Facebook Live or something. Facebook Live watch party or something like that. Or or Instagram. Listen, they're both good. Yeah. It will be 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I think the soonest date that it would be would be Saturday, November 16th. But it is not posted and I I don't know for sure yet. But I think it will be before year end for sure. But you'll be posting as soon as you know on all of your social channels. As soon as I know, I'll put it on social media. I'll put it on the website. Yeah. Yeah, So if you're listening to this, be sure to follow her on social at Houselift. That's on Facebook too, Brenda? At Houselift? Okay. And then you can see see how this kitchen turned out. Go, Natalie. Right. But okay. So you're just sitting in your office, minding your own business, weren't expecting this email whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. But. 
That's where we were. I know. But we didn't get but, no damn show. Yeah, we're not Brenda. So <laughs> if you were a young budding designer, what she would- She is young. She's just not budding. Darla, can I finish? Yes, please. Go ahead. What would you have in place or what could you recommend to some of these young designers listening to try to have in play before they jump right into the fire? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because it's a lot. It's quite a sacrifice. I think it's no different than just attracting, I'll call them regular clients, normal clients. I think you need to have really good pictures of your work on a website, on social media. I think you need to be active. So Again, I'm not sure if the homeowners or which was first that, you know, the TV show finding my work or the homeowners. The chicken or the egg. <laughs> but either, yeah, but either way, both of them went to my website and the email that was sent to me came through my website. It was not from, so that's why I knew somebody had been on my website and I was like, well, I don't know, this, whatever. That's a good indicator. So basically pay attention to your website. Keep and it nurtured. Keep also, it I would like to point out for those listening to the podcast right now and listening to Brenda, when HGTV does call, say, hey, how did you hear about me? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I would love to know that. I would love to know. I did ask one of the local producers at one point, and that's how I found out what I knew is that, but I didn't have any clarity around it, that actually the homeowners also saw our work. So I don't know if the network was like, hey, here's you know three designers. Go see what you think. Right. Let me ask you, Brenda. So after it does air, which hopefully it looks like maybe November 16th, but again, we're going to stay tuned to your your social to make sure that we're watching that with you. Is your marketing going to change? Are you going to, do you get to do use more HGTV featured designer? Are you going to do more episodes? Have they discussed that with you? What's, what's in the future for you there? Yeah. So this was a standalone episode. Um, that's what I was contracted for. Each of how House Hunters Renovation specifically works is that they don't often have at least from what I've seen, because I've been watching it, they don't have like repeat designers or a feature designer that they go. It's in different locations, different cities. I don't know if there's something next. I have had a conversation with a local producer who was involved in this particular show. And he was like, Hey, I'm pitching some other ideas for HGTV. Nice. Let's talk about it. So there's nothing in the works that's additional. It was kind of a one and done as far as like, as of today, And there's so many people involved when it comes to HGTV and so many different shows. And there's different production companies that are hired for a season specifically. So that was interesting to me. So the production company that contacted me initially, they were hired to produce this season only. And one of the reasons the deadline, and they've done other seasons, but that was what their contract was for. And that's kind of how TV world that I found out kind of like how it works. They're like, your contract goes through a certain amount of time, you're contracted to do X amount of episodes. And then you hope you get re-signed. So one of the reasons we had such tight deadlines is my particular episode was later on in the season taping later on in the season, before it airs, but while they were doing the taping. And they said, our contract is going to be over by X date. And we have to have this done by that time, because that's the commitment we made to the network. You know, for whatever reason, we're behind schedule. So, so sorry, you've got to make this happen if you decide to do it. And I was like, okay, got it. Oh, kind of like I told Darla, lack of planning on her part is not right. an emergency on mine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, we had this conversation. Yeah. Oh, be quiet. But listen, I have to know. So people often react a little differently when they see that camera and that red light going, how'd you survive? 
<laughs> yeah, were you comfortable on camera? I mean, obviously, we're going to find out in somewhere in mid-November. But okay, let's not. Let's all not watch now that you've asked that question. <laughs> so here's what happened that I did not expect. So I'm a planner. I'm Type A all day long. I'm all into the list and preparing and all of that stuff. That's just I can't help it. So I didn't know what to expect, but they said to me, which was true. They said, "Hey, we're going to let you know there's going to be this number of camera days." And each of these days will be scheduled around major renovation items. So they said one of the days will be when the countertop comes in, whenever that is, we'll schedule that. One of the days will be when you show the clients, the homeowners, they call them on the show, the homeowners, the design plans. One of the days will be the reveal, one of the days. So I thought, okay, no big deal. I'm comfortable with clients. This is my work, just like a regular client. There's just going to be cameras in my face. Okay, I got this. So I was nervous for sure. What I did not anticipate at all, because I didn't go to acting school and I, it wasn't kind of my thing, was how many times we would be doing, I'll call them scenes, over and over and over again. So that's what became difficult for me because I was very comfortable. So first day of shooting, got there early in the morning. Everybody had a call time. This is what you can wear. This is what you can't wear. This blah, 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 blah. Okay. I'm going to follow all the rules. Okay. Showed up, ready to go. A lot of hurry up and wait. Okay. Let's test the mics Oh, We have a problem here. You know, 30 minutes later. Okay. We fixed this. Just a whole slew of people on site, homeowners, you know, okay, you can't wear that. Go change it. Take that necklace off. It's making noise. Just similar to a podcast. Like my husband's telling me like, stop. He told me when I was getting ready for this, he's like, Hey, you can't move your hands around. I'm like, what? So what was surprising to me that I did not expect how exhausted I would be after a shoot day. I mean, I was done. Well, your adrenaline's going, right? Your adrenaline's going, you're on and then you're just boom. Right. So like you're hyped up the whole day. And I don't mean, but in between the cameras and there were multiple cameras and microphones and all sorts of things. What was hard for me is repeating the same scenes, trying to make them look natural, like it felt to me the first time. Because maybe the audio messed up that thing, or maybe they want to do a different angle based on what we said, or I need you to hold your hands that same way. We're going to do some close-ups. Can you say that line again? I'm like, I don't know what the line was. Uh, (laughs) I just said it. What I actually heard from one of the local producers who's done a lot of shows, he said, actually, and this was his opinion, and I was like, I'll take it. He said, actually, it's harder for people who don't have memorized lines because you're trying to recall what you just said. And in the case like this show, you're just being natural. I'm the first day I'm telling them about the design plans here's where your pantry is going to be. We're going to blow out this wall. And this is, and of course, well, I shouldn't say of course, but before the first meeting to present the plans to the homeowners, they had never seen them. That's real. So whenever we see that on TV, they did not know what was coming. So that was awesome. And the show said, hey, we really do want to preserve this for the homeowner. So don't talk to them about the plans. Don't email them about the plans. Email us. And I had a video conference call with the LA producers and one of the local producers came to my office and we were together for the plans. And I had samples and the local producer was looking at them and approving them while the people in LA were, you know, looking at my digital design boards. Um, So they approved the plans. 
based on what the homeowner said they wanted, and the husband and wife in this case were on very different spectrums. So that was also difficult. So low budget, completely different styles, tight time frame. Like it was, it was for real. Designing for the sexes. Yeah, it really was. So I presented the plans to the producers via video conference call and then with someone in person with me. And then on camera, our first camera day was me presenting the plans with the actual samples of tile and cabinet doors and colors and all of these things to the client. And it was the first time they were seeing it. But what was difficult back to the taping and remembering what to say and where do you stand and hold your fan, hold your um, hands this way and try to act natural. And I'm like, okay, that's over with. So that's what was so hard for me in particular is I was very comfortable talking to the clients, just like I would a regular client, super excited. I feel like I've delivered. I hope they agree on what they said they wanted. But then at the 10th time of us going, here's your pantry, you know, trying to be natural. This is what I'm telling my girlfriends is I'm like, I'm probably going to look like a stupid idiot because if they take the 10th take, it's going to be so robotic. Like I'm going to be staring off. Like I have no idea what I said, but they want me to say the same thing. I don't know. Like, here's your pantry. Here's your whatever. Here is your pantry. Here is your pantry. Please do enjoy it. Right. So that was really hard. And so what you said, Darla, like I felt like the whole day I was having to be mentally on and I was wiped out. Before we get into the what up wing around, I want to ask, are you naturally extrovert or introvert? So I'm an extroverted introvert. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, I have. I think I'm kind of the same, but I might be an introverted extrovert. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, Brenda, here's the question we alluded to more towards the beginning of the show that I think everyone is going to want to hear your answer for, to however that preposition should be. Would you do this again? I think this totally depends. My answer would totally depend on when you asked me this. If you had asked me this the last day of taping, I would have said, absolutely not. I am exhausted. (laughs) I am losing money by the minute while I'm doing this. I can't say these lines one more time. I'm not an actor. I'm out. But now that some time has passed and I've gotten back in my groove and now I know what to expect. And I think every show would definitely be different and any set of homeowners would make it different and producers and that sort of thing. So I I don't think that it would be the exact same experience if I did the same show again. Um, or even if it was another HGTV show, I think I totally would do it again. I think it depends on what it is. So just like in the beginning, when I was talking about making the decision without knowing anything, whether or not I should do it, I had to think about it through the lens of, am I willing to make this sacrifice or go in somewhat blind for what I think the potential outcome could be? And so that's how I would decide again, if the opportunity presented itself, whether or not I would do it again. So now that a few months of time have passed and the pain, I call it pain, but for me anyway, of like, you know, the demands of the schedule and everything that was involved, I think I totally would do it again. It was also fun. So it wasn't just like down and dirty. I was working until midnight. I was pulling favors in from my different subs and contractors. And all of those things are true. But I think I would do it again. But I would definitely have to think through, okay, what is it? 
what's involved, and what do I think the benefit for me would be? Just like anything. All right. So basically, you're saying it's like having a baby. So you kind of forget how bad it is. (laughs) And then you're like, let's do it again. Very similar. Very similar. (laughs) Okay, Brenda, thank you so much for sharing that journey with us. I really I like that you told the truth about it. You know, you didn't paint it up to be some glamorous Pollyanna thing. But now I have to ask you, if you're ready for the What Up Wingnut round. Now it's time for What Up Wingnut. Wingnut. Brenda Thompson, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be and why? So I did try to overthink this, but I'm going to go back to the basics. I think I would be a white oak tree. I think they're strong at their core. They stand the test of time and their wood tones are really neutral. And I'm a lover of neutrals. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I can tell that by your gorgeous Instagram page, but you don't. I'm kind of allergic to color, I have to say. <laughs> but it's gorgeous. The way you use neutrals is gorgeous, guys. Go check her out at Houselift. Um, what would the hashtag on your tombstone be? There were several variations of this. I'm going to keep it clean. It's going to be hashtag she got stuff done. Oh, you didn't have to keep it clean for well, us, but I, I like mean, that. Yeah. What's the variation? We can bleep out anything. Variation, go. She got done. Okay, that works. (laughs) If you could have only one superpower, what would it be and why? Also tried to overthink this. There's several. Um, What I landed on was seeing people's biggest fears. And the reason is not to like use that in a manipulative way. But I feel like fear really drives a lot of how we act and the decisions that we make. I know that's true for myself. So I think it would it would bring more understanding about different people. And so that would be the reason. Oh, that's That's really insightful. That is deep. That's a first for sure. And last but not least, please recommend a book that has had a profound effect on you either personally or professionally. Okay. Profound is a bit of a stretch. That, That was the instructions. I have to just come out and say, I do not read as often as I would like. I'm often reading when we're on vacation. But one book that came to mind, and it did come out a couple years ago, and I did read it when it came out, was by a lady named Jen Hatmaker. And she has several books. She's an author of many books and a speaker and all sorts of things. But I resonate with her quite a bit. And the specific book that I was thinking of is called Of Mess and Moxie. It's kind of an interesting title, but it's basically talking about She's very funny too. And I love a funny person Um, as somebody who's lighthearted, but she talks about her triumphs, her tragedies and how basically to just pick yourself back up and make the best out of life. Um, She's really funny. So I'm into it. I love that. So that is of mess and moxie by Jen Hatmaker. Brenda Thompson, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. We are going to look with bated breath on all your social channels, and that is at Houselift Design, right? And to see when when the show is on so we can all join in your your watch party. And your website is also houseliftdesignright.com. That is correct. Yes. And are you making any appearances before the show? I mean, like, yeah, are we going to catch you at the local Publix? <laughs> I'm just saying, no. is there anywhere we need to be out to see I you? I mean, listen, you occasionally you go to might see me at Starbucks or Publix, <laughs> although I don't like to do grocery shopping, so probably not Publix. But um, Oh, my God, I hate it, too. It gives me such anxiety. It is the, the worst. worst. Instacart. Yeah. Instacart is the best. But then you still have to plan, and that's the worst. There's so many worse when it comes to groceries. And you still have to meet somebody when they deliver the groceries. You still have to talk to a human. 
but, but just you, one. But you just have Natalie and then go do your grocery shopping. Hello. <laughs> it's like first world problems. I hate it though. I really do. Uh, yes. Brenda, okay. thank, you, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. We really appreciate it. And best of luck with your HGTV show we are going to be watching. Thank you so much. Natalie and Giraffe. Yes, I'm. Brenda Thompson, House Hunters Renovation. I'm totally tuning in, even though it's past my bedtime. Oh, you'll be snoozing unless you go drink Starbucks all day. I could. I could drink Starbucks. Maybe I'll see her there. She did say she was making an appearance at Starbucks. She did say it was past her bedtime at 10 p.m. And she doesn't really know the date. And it's like the last minute kind of thing. But she was going to be there and she had amazing friends that were going to be there with her. No. That's HGTV for not letting her know. when that. How torturous is that? It sounds interesting, and it sounds challenging, and it sounds to me like she did a pretty damn good job. Yeah, I think so. She sounded pretty proud of it. I cannot wait to see this kitchen. The fact that she can't even share photos now has got to be killing her. I'm serious. It has to be. I can't even do that. Like submitting photo shoots to magazines, I I don't have the patience. I just want to share it on social now. I am. I am. I want that instant dopamine hit of gratification. Yeah, weak. (laughs) But it sounds like to me that Brenda has played the role, done absolutely everything she needed to do. And when it does air, when she finds out 24 (laughs) minutes beforehand, it's going to be fabulous. 24 minutes. Hey, I'm just saying. Hey, that's enough time to put together a watch party. Hey, why not? She said she had fabulous friends that could put that together. So (laughs) let's go. Come on, Brenda. Just a reminder, if you guys are in the South Florida area, to come over to the Dakota Fall Market on November 7th and check out me and the Soulless Ginger. We'll be recording that live podcast. So come say hi. Come grab us and say hi and just see how ridiculous we are in real life. So guys, if you like what you hear, please be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever the hell you're listening to this on. Be sure to follow us on social at Wingnut Social and be sure to hit us up at one wingnut so we can help you with your social media so you can get noticed by clients in HGTV as well. Think, are you Brenda Thompson? Listen, Brent, there's only one Brenda Thompson, but there that's can only be one. That's Brenda the best Thompson. thing. Everybody's got their own unique thing to bring to true. the table. I agree. That's the beauty of humanity. Absolutely. This has been a message by Wingnut Social. <laughs> Do you have anything else, Darla? I don't. So long. See ya. You've reached the end of this episode of Wingnut Social, but that's only your first step. Be sure to head to wingnutsocial.com to reach out to us directly and schedule your free consultation with one of our Wingnut Social Media Specialists to take your business from social mediocre to social media master. We'll see you on the next episode of Wingnut Social, your social media tightly fastened. Hold on, I'm taking another sip of wine. Perfect. Cheers. We're, we're having more cheers. Thank you for scheduling this during the dinner hour when it's socially acceptable. And their wood is so neutral, neutral tones, which is how I design. So oh, I just you fail, fail. Yeah, I'm gonna kill them. <laughs> Good boy, Mango.